What's up, guys? We're back. We had a little hiatus, needed a little rest after after the tumultuous season. We're working a little too hard. So we're we're back after a week hiatus. High Street Freaks. I'm Kevin. I'm back with Ryan and DJ. And uh, you, you boys ready to talk some ball, some some next year ball? Uh, what are we, like a little under 11 months remaining? In well, no, not 11. I guess it's like nine. It's like we, we, we can carry season? a baby. Yeah, until next season. We got like seven and a half. Let's let's thought. Is, is it seven? I watched I watched the Stetson Bennett trophy, like the little celebration they had. Today. I watched his little video oh. before this, just just to get in the mindset of where I needed to be before this podcast. Yeah, man. I, I think I think I'm getting like I thought that I would feel better about the Georgia loss, like as no, time went on. It's only no, going to get worse. worse. It's, it's going worse. right there next to like Michigan State 2015. And just oh, it's only it's only gonna it's just, it's only gonna get worse as time goes on, you know. And, and hand this guy Stetson, you're 25, brother. You know, <laughs> and ain't nobody calling you doctor. So, yeah, I, you know, I guess they're calling him two times chance. But I thinking about Stroud and Justin Fields getting undone by Mac Jones and a guy named Stetson, who's you know damn near senior citizen status. It's, it's it ain't gonna get yeah. any easier. It, it, hurts, ain't, it ain't it isn't gonna get any, any easier to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. I, I, I think this 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 low key hurts more than the um than 2019 Clemson because 2019 Clemson like for sure they deserve to win and stuff like that. But there's no part of me that really thinks that. I mean, I guess they could have competed with LSU, but I think that LSU team was gonna roll whoever they played. And so, like on that level, it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but to see to see Georgia do that to TCU, it's like, man, like I don't know. I just it feels like they were just like a play or a non Marvin Harrison Jr. injury away from winning a national title. But uh, well, story story of Ryan Day's life. Yeah, I guess the good news is the way college football works is you just get next year every single time, especially if you're a program like Ohio State, like. It's not like, I don't know, like, I, I feel pretty good about like the next five years, Ohio State's still going to be competing for a national title. And if they're not, they're going to have a new coach or it's just, that's kind of how it works at Ohio State. You know, like if, yeah. if I mean, here's is, the th- go for it. Here's the thing though, is if you guys, uh, this is why you have to have the haters mindset at all times is because if you go into every situation, assuming the guy in charge was going to fuck it up and fail, then you're either happy or just you're right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I, like you, you guys are saying Georgia loss I know is gonna, well. Yeah, the Georgia loss is going to hurt more for you guys. For me, I just expect that to happen. In fact, they overperformed my expectations. I thought they were going to get the <laughs> shit packed in. You guys talked yourself into a win at the last minute. The whole time, I was like, "Oh no, these guys suck. It's going to be a it's going to be a dog walk game." So when they just played close, I was like, "Oh well, what can you do?" Like that's Ryan Day's program. <laughs> that they they get close and they lose. That's kind of. I mean, like for me, I was pretty much like, "Yeah, well, so it goes." I mean, now. Uh, <laughs> I'm well, sure by I, next season I'll be I'll be back on the wagon again. But I mean I don't know. Like we had Lieutenant Dan. You didn't have any emotions getting Lieutenant Dan. You were like, oh, I, like bro, I will like, <laughs> I logic because I had YouTube TV. I was fucking around on YouTube TV. Yeah. I'll never forget it again. And people were going <laughs> ballistic on Twitter when he iced him. And I'm I'm about to send some tweet about the ice. And then we're already fucking lost. Like, and then I just looked down. Yeah. Well, it was midnight right on the dot. Like, I mean, dude, like, 
at the end of the day, the all the like here's the thing is I get why people are hurt about it and mad about it, and the kick was that terrible. We had it, we could have won, and we didn't. And like that's all true, and emotionally, I totally understand God, that, that. That that kick was but, terrible. But they, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that kick fucking sucked. Everyone's like, uh, you can't blame Noah Ruggles. <laughs> kicked it like his like his controller died. Yeah, man. And like, so, so uh, that's that's a fair take on one hand. Like, you can't blame a kid for missing a fifty. No, absolutely. But you can, but 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 by missing it by that much, you can but, be a little bit mad. <laughs> and, and the other the other thing is like he was coming into this year with like a lot of swag too. You know? You know, like he had like yeah. the mullet and like he was like, I don't know, like like he was like even last year when he had like that streak of hitting a bunch of field goals and stuff like that, like he had a lot of swag and like <laughs> you, you can't you cannot have that much swag as a kicker, rock a mullet and like like yeah. and then go and miss a 50 yard game winner that horrifically, you know, like, like 30 that, yards. Yeah, yeah it, 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 like even <laughs> if, if people are talking about it going wide left, it was also like five yards short. Like it bounced in. Dude, it was nowhere it. near. And look, we can get into why that happened, like how they could have handled the offensive situation. He looks better, like an I... ecstasy dealer. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he really does. But but like hey, but, my, well, anyway, no really got that bang bang. <laughs> what I was trying to say though, too, is that like everyone's like, oh, well, look, Ohio State was missing, you know, their best player on offense for a quarter. And it's like, well, Georgia was missing their best. There's one of their two best players on offense for the whole game, basically. Darnell Washington got hurt this early part of that game. Like, their starting right tackle got hurt. Like, they missed two field goals. Like, I understand the emotional reason why missing the last second hurts. But if you're actually looking at that game, I don't think Ohio State caught the bad breaks. Everyone's like, oh, there was a conspiracy against Ohio State. We got fucked. We got jobbed. I mean, come on! As like you had a fourteen-point fourth quarter lead, you either win the, the game. Over, or you don't. The like, overturn, the overturn was rough. I mean, that, yeah, that was that. like the it target, hurts. It sucks. The combo yeah. and just the con- like it was a three-piece combo though. If you added it all up, and that was, you know, I mean, What's it's the third it, piece. Well, the overturn. And then the ejection. Oh, the injury. Oh, yeah. yeah and then, yeah, and then yeah, the ejection. Ensuing injury. Because that, that was know? that was that would have taken a Georgia secondary player, like a, a key Georgia secondary player, out of the rest of the game too. And so even like, like if it would have just like been like, okay, it's still a personal foul, fifteen yards in the first down. That and they got a touchdown out of that. Then you have you know twenty one. Hopefully, if the ecstasy dealer comes through, but you know how they are. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, but uh, you know, it it's not the re- it's not the sole reason we lost, but I mean that three piece combo has to be at the top of explaining what happened. Because I mean, not yeah, only I mean, were we down our number one, I mean, we were down our number two. It's it's a game of what ifs too, and it, it sucks. To and play and the it's loser and talk. Like, it's Charlie it Brown loser talk. But I mean, it's not it like for, we're going to be sure at the winner's is. circle. It for it's sure just is. always going to be something. It's always yeah. going to be something, dude. That's that's the only point I'm making. It's always going to be something with him. There's always going to be a reason. It's never going to be well. We just didn't coach yeah, when, good enough. We didn't. And that's yeah. That's the thing. It's like he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt. Like this, he's he has not. It's not like if this happens to any other coach. If this happens to like you know Nick Saban or even Kirby Smart at this point, it's like ah oh, yeah, like you know shit didn't go their way, and you know that's you know sometimes stuff's unlucky. It's like yeah, but like when you're four years into this and you have one playoff win, like it's and you're going at Michigan next year with Harbaugh coming back. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, they, they, play, could, they play, they play Penn state and Wisconsin back to back. Like it's, it's yeah. a tough schedule. Like they could very easily go 10 and two. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, I mean, but so, so so let's talk about next year. We got we got. I, I think what we are most this is probably across the board um, worried about is the offensive line. We had Luke Whipler, Paris Johnson, and Daywan Jones. They all they all uh, declared for the NFL draft. I think. I mean, nobody was surprised by Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones, but Whipler was a little surprising. After looking at the center class, like it, the available centers that are in the draft this this year, I totally get it. Like it makes all the sense in the world that he's going out. He's mm-hmm. going to be like a top five center in this class, which is insane. But um, it hurts. So uh, what what are we thinking? Uh, <laughs> I know Ryan's thoughts. He's been looking at this offensive line, the, the, the true posters have been looking at this offensive line for like three years and being like, Dude, we I was, yeah, about the, the judgment judgment day is here. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, I don't think it's any secret. I, I got <laughs> people know this, but at this point I got, I got docs that I was on the, uh, on the old Buckeye scoop boards before the split. And I was on there arguing with fucking Ken Stickney and Kirk Barton about that, the, how terrible the recruiting was from the Grace Jawa. And they literally, no, this is not a joke. They were verbatim making jokes. Oh, are you worried about the 2023 offensive line depth chart? That was like the big joke. They all cracked. And lo and fucking behold, what do we have here? <laughs> what do we have here? So, so just to frame this, both tackles, Paris Johnson, and Dewan Jones declare for the NFL. Uh, I'm looking forward to Dewan. Dewan Jones, I know the fans love him. One of the guys I just I am lower on the average fan. I think I, I never thought he was like particularly good. He had stupid penalties all the fucking time. He just was. He was just big, dude. He was just yeah, big. But I mean. For, he was for what he was supposed to be. Like, for what he was supposed you know, to be. Totally he's a good fine. college lineman. Like, for yeah. What a co- yeah like he's a good college lineman. hundred percent. But yeah. people talk about him. He's going to be like a second round pick. That's no, what gets me. That's just because people look at him because he's big. He might be because he's big, but you're absolutely right. He's, he's perfectly fine, but like, it's not, I don't know. The, the, the reality is that he is an average college, above average college lineman. He's a, he's a, you know, capable starter at Ohio state. And it yeah. sucks that Ohio State's going to miss him as much as they're going to next year. Right. I think his best case scenario is being like Max Starks, who who played for the Steelers for like a, a eight, seven or eight years, something like that. Like that's his upside is being like a, a pretty dependable right tackle starter on a good football team. Like he yeah, can do fine. that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's that's a good career. Better and than any other lineman we produced uh, the and, last few years. Right. Especially when you look at like his expectations coming into Ohio State, like. He was one of the lowest rated players that Ohio State signed in like years. And yeah. I, I don't know, like, so I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with how his career played out, but you're absolutely right. Like people freaking yeah. out about him. Like he, he's just big. He's, he's a big guy. He was Thanos. He was Thanos, dude. Shut up. Yeah. You're being Reddit. You're, if you're calling <laughs> Thanos, you're being Reddit. Get out, get out of my face. Uh, so Paris Johnson and Delon Jones are gone. Luke Whipler declared for the draft. This is all kind of, by the time you guys are hearing this, it's a little bit old news for, for the people on the podcast. Yeah, but, sorry. It's all good. We're talking about the whole line. You're going to see why we're doing this. Those three guys declared. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Matt Jones said he's coming back, which is cool. Uh, Matt Jones uh, had started at right guard last season, obviously got injured a good bit. Uh, so but the two starters coming back are Matt Jones and Donovan Jackson. Luke Lover declaring, we got to talk about how fucking crazy it is for a third-year center uh, to be declaring for the NFL draft. Like he, he like. Yeah. I mean, I don't I mean, blame him. I, you know, I, I, any, I don't get I, anytime yeah. you have a chance to get a bag like that and start the clock early um, and get yeah. workman's yeah. comp and stuff like that. You got to take it. Here, here's what it's, I'll say. I think it's rare. usually, it's very rare. It's usually stupid, especially if you're an interior lineman, but 
it's like the weakest crop of centers in a long that time. I've ever seen. I've ever yeah. I've never seen a crop of centers this week. Like he's going to be a top five a top five center for, for sure. sure. And that probably means your worst case scenario, your high round four. And yeah. look, he's a fucking six foot two kid anyway. He's not a big guy. Right. I don't think his best case, he was ever going to be Tyler Linderbaum. So I don't think his his best case scenario. Get, get him in a real weight program. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but shit, like, even if he turned into Pat Elfline or somebody, Pat Elfline was about a third or fourth round pick. Like, Billy, yeah. I guess Billy Price went high, but yeah. like, you, you're not getting drafted very high if you're Luke Whipler. You, you never have that many, you never have that much upside in the first place. So you're to go with weak centers. Like, sure, you're probably a third round pick at the worst case scenario. Good for you. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good decision. Um, huge that Matt Jones came back. Um, we got to let's just talk about this fucking O line because I just I just want to run through with you guys at this point. The other the other decision that happened too is that Ohio State added a transfer today from Victor Cutler, uh, who was an interior offensive lineman uh, from Louisiana Monroe. Um, he started at left tackle the last uh, last twelve games this season, twenty one career starts. But basically, he is uh, he's expected to be a contributor at the interior line. He is a six three three hundred pounds, not a very big kid. Um, he also apparently had one of the worst PFF grades in the country for any O-line starter uh, in the Sun Belt. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't put much stock in PFF. I, I, I don't want to yeah. use it in my favor because I, I never use it when it's in against me either. So I think the whole thing's fake. But regardless, they brought this fucking guy in, color. Yeah. Go ahead. The, Tex, the Texan in India don't like him either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they the, the Pakistani guys are viewing the film. So yeah, got it. Uh, the Bangladeshi click farm they got running. Yeah, can't can't mm. hack it. But uh I mean look, like it's a fine addition. They need him basically because big secret here, they don't have anybody else who's fucking played ever. Uh, <laughs> Enoch Mamahi and Josh Fryer have two combined starts, one each. Enoch Mamahi got benched immediately in his first one for Josh Fryer. Uh, so the, the, well, Matt that, Jones is going to take one interior spot. That, that's what kills me about our portal usage, bro. Like how we just approach it. Like there's no like like this. No is goddamn the, sense. Like we can't even find somebody that Pakistanis like. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, they went after an FCS freshman like American who was playing tackle. They lost him. Like, what two. is Pakistani focus yeah. football saying? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> like, there's no one dog out there at like at Bowling yeah. Green that's like think, got a good what... steroid regimen working that we can we can't bring in. Like, where's what the great is going on? <laughs> uh, <laughs> It I think that's what gets me, me though. It's just it's, zero it's, dog rating. Zero it's, dog. It's not even. It's not even like they're not trying. Like with with tackle, especially, there were like quite a few that they just completely whiffed on. And it's like how how hard is it to get a kid to come play tackle at Ohio State? Like how how yeah. is this hard? Where is Grant Schmidt when you need him? The, <laughs> dude, there was <laughs> there was discussion from uh, I forget. I'm I'm not gonna. I I apologize. I'm forgetting which reporter said this. Which recruiting guy in the beat said it. So I can't. I. Some guy, Austin Board or Birmingham or Mark Gibbler, one of those guys, <laughs> said that that uh, what, the, what was the fucking report I'm even trying to cite here? I totally forgot what I was talking about. Uh, oh, that they, they, they wouldn't, they basically would not promise starting time to any transfer offensive lineman. Which, if you're going after a portal guy, you are only taking him at left tackle because you think he is going to start. Yeah. He's only coming if he knows he's going to start. It's implied he's going to start. What is the problem? Just promise the guy the fucking job. Yeah. If, What's the worst that happens? He gets there and you don't give it to him. Yeah. If he blows, <laughs> it's then called lying, brother. 
<laughs> like just lie to his ass. I think they're worried that that could like blow back on them in recruiting. It's in like, if they're trying to recruit later and it's like, no, just tell the next guy that you're recruiting. Like, oh no, that guy sucked. That's why he didn't play. Like, <laughs> right. That's... I mean, that's all it is. Like, of a ten percent chance, this guy you've seen play thirty college games isn't who he looks like on tape. Or the Big Ten is so much harder than the Pac-12, wherever you're recruiting him from. Then he don't fucking play. So who? Who cares? They, they, I don't yeah. give a fuck. The, Get and, the and guy. That's... That's that's the thing is like Alabama doesn't give a shit about that. They just bring a guy not. in, and if and if it doesn't work, it's like ah, oh, that sucks. We have three more guys who we were we're no worse off, you know. If you bring a guy in and he is not better than whoever you've got behind him, you're no worse off, no worse off at all. And Ohio State seems to seems to think that that would be a tragedy if you brought in a yeah. transfer player and he wouldn't be good enough to like I I, I just don't get it. Do you, do you remember the name Tyler Harrell? Do you know who that is? Very vaguely. So if you were if you were reading the preseason previews last year, Tyler Harrell was the great savior of Alabama football. Tyler Harrell was going to transfer into Alabama and lead the tide to a nation's best passing attack. He transferred in from uh, Louisville with 20 career receptions. And they were like, oh, my God, this guy's oh, a God, speed yeah. okay, freak. I do remember this Yeah, guy. remember him? Yeah. yeah. He played six games and caught two balls this season. And when he came in, it turns out he sucked. He wasn't very good. They they bench his ass. Yeah, <laughs> like he he got hurt first. That's why he didn't play to start with. Then he had a chance to come in, and their receivers sucked this year, and he still couldn't crack the lineup. And so they just benched him. That's what you do. You give him a chance to play, and if he can't do it, you just bench him week two. And you can say, "Oh, we started you. You were just terrible." Like that's all <laughs> yeah. that has to happen. It, it, it's not. It's that's that's it. You just go get the fucking guy. Anyway, look, they have. Donovan Jackson and Matt Jones coming back. I don't think Donovan Jackson can play tackle. He was recruited to tackle. That guy's a guard. He has slow ass feet. He was too. His feet were almost too slow to play guard. He was our worst lineman last year. Victor he can't Cutler play tackle. Can't play. Victor Cutler's not going to play tackle either. He's six. Foot Victor Tucker can't play Cutler. Or Victor Cutler can't play tackle. Right. Uh, Matt Jones is definitely interior lineman. He's probably playing center. Yeah. Uh, Josh Fryer with a right tackle. Who the fuck is the left tackle? You you need a transfer. You need one more guy. And whether they get and it, they. Be- they yeah. they might get it in the spring. I don't know, but they they need yeah, one more guy. Fucking a. There's so. 15 days in May where guys can enter, and you're basically hoping and praying that there's some weird coaching movement. Someone's coach gets fired or hired away by the NFL or something like that, or that you know some guy uh, uh, who lost his job somewhere else is going to have to start at left tackle for yeah. you. Odds of that are so low. Uh, or I don't know, some guy just has a change of heart, or you induce some guy to the portal. It's it's got to be the fourth option. You got to fucking pay somebody to join the portal. Like if you're <laughs> just if you're being serious, you literally just tamper. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. No, nobody is stopping you. If you're gonna go out and complain that they're not policing tra- tampering, and then you're not gonna tamper yourself, like come on, don't be a bitch. Just yeah, go get a guy. Do, go play ball. Like that's what we're trying to win here. So yeah. they've got what they've got. Those guys coming back. Enoch Amahi might play. I think the plan with Victor Cutler, if I had to guess, is. They are saying he can compete anywhere in the interior line. He has some reps at center, some reps at guard. They're going to give Matt Jones a chance to take the center job. That's what they want to happen. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to have Cutler compete with Enoch Famahi. But there's a lot of moving parts here. Like, it could be that, that um, George Fitzpatrick and Zen Mikulski suck at left tackle and Donovan Jackson has to play left tackle if they don't get a transfer guy. It could be that Matt Jones can't play center. But it could be that... Jack, Jacob James or somebody very unlikely is so good. He has to get on the field or Degra Shabola or somebody else. So Victor Cutler can move around as they need him to, but you can pencil in 
you can guarantee that Donovan Jackson, Matt Jones, and Josh Fryer are starting. And yeah. the, the Victor Cutler has a damn good chance to get one of the other interior spots. Probably. If it's either going to be him or Enoch Bamahi, it's pretty much the battle. Unless something insanely terrible happens and Donovan Jackson has to play left tackle. It, they've got like nine guys competing for these spots. Maybe four or five of them are good if we're lucky. Uh, the line's a huge problem next year. Dude. It's a huge recruiting failure. It's a huge failure this year in the portal. It's a series of compounding failures and, and decisions to let Greg Sudrawa hang around the program way too fucking long that have led to an inevitable conclusion that might not get fixed next year either. Because it's not going to be. It's like O line problems usually are not a one year right. problem. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the thing. And like I I have gotten. I would mention for for those of you unaware, I, I waded into the waters of TikTok, and those people are so stupid. But like the, the comments on on TikTok are so damn stupid. Yeah. Um, but like I mentioned when when I talked about CJ Stroud, that he probably wouldn't be super keen to come back to a troubled offensive line. You know, um, or I don't remember what I said. Like a a, a whatever. But the, the offensive yeah. line is going to be yeah, a disaster yeah. next year. And they were like, what? All the five stars on the offensive line? You know, like they're they're just going to start another five star. It's like, and, and I think like that's the pulse of the average fan is that the offensive line has been fine to good for so long, and you just haven't had to worry about it that I think everybody just assumes that Ohio State's just going to shit out a good offensive line next year. And, like, it's just not going to happen um, unless there are some big additions. You know, they, they need they need at least one transfer tackle um, or unless Josh yep. Fryer – or no, Josh Fryer um, – Justin Fry – Pulls out some just insane development. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. It would. Yeah, take, I mean, it would hey, shit. Miracle. That's what you get paid for, right? That's your, that's your exactly. chance to make some money here. Like, if you, exactly. if you can do it, go do it. And, I mean, that's the, the shit. But like, dude, it's just very frustrating. And the, the part you know that's going to piss me off too is the same people who were demanding Greg Sudrow would keep his job and said he wasn't the problem are going to blame Justin Fry if the line looks bad this year after him yeah. not having a chance to recruit these players. You can guarantee yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah, and, and, and like there's there's going to be people calling for his job, acting like it was possible for him to fix this line in one year, and that's just not realistic because yeah, the way you have to develop offensive linemen more than any other player or more than any other position, it's very rare that an offensive lineman shows up from high school and is just ready to play. I think like Paris Johnson yeah. Jr. was like it, you know, like every now and then. I, um, Michael Jordan started at it. Did he start at center or something like that? I don't know. He he, started, he came in at guard, correct, and then moved out. To, uh, he moved around his career. I he did, but but anyway, like it's very rare. You can count on like one hand to the number of guys who come in and are like even close to ready to play as true freshmen. And honestly, sometimes that even is you know carries into their second or sometimes even their third year at Ohio State or in, in college. So um, that's a huge huge problem of just not getting players for years. And uh, it's coming to roost now. So um, super yeah. fun. I mean, I mean l- cool. let's talk about what's available at tackle, right? Like you, you have, they have Zen Mikalski, who is a third, he's going to be in his third year in the program next season. Uh, he came in as like a, a six foot seven, 280 pound kid, like fucking rail thin. He was the, like ranked outside the top 300 as a recruit, like a low four star. Uh, you have George Fitzpatrick, I think was ranked like somewhere in the top 300, but uh, is still listed at 285 pounds. Going to be in a second season on, on the program next year. Uh, you have Trey LaRue and Grant Hutton, who are both in going to be in year four. Uh, I don't think either one has uh, played at all. Like, I don't think they've played snaps. I, I don't recall them getting any snaps, maybe special team stuff. Um, they they are both never going to play here. They're terrible. They're, they're, they're 6'7", 320 apiece. They I have are no both, idea why they took them in the first place. They took them because uh, Greg Tutorama couldn't get anybody else. They needed bodies in the room. 
And now they are just still shockingly years later, bodies in the room. Um, it, the, the fucking, that's the whole, that's the whole tackle group. That's four, those four guys plus Josh Fryer. Uh, good luck. Like good luck finding a second one. Like good luck. Maybe trying to get Tegretisha Bowler or Donovan Jackson to play outside. Yeah. Neither one has the feet to do it. It's not going to happen. Uh, you got to get a transfer guy or hope and pray that Zen Mikowski is good enough to play tackle right now. And I don't know if he is or not. I doubt he is. Yeah. And I think like the reality of them getting landing this Victor Cutler kid is like their, I guess like he's their super, super, super backup plan at tackle. Cause if, if it turns out that Zen Mikowski absolutely sucks, um, you know, Donovan Jackson can't play outside. Uh, they could stick this six foot three, 300 pound kid at tackle. And that would, hypothetically get them through some games so i think that like if anything the fact that they signed this like insert player here offensive lineman is a sign that they're kind of concerned about what the hell is going to happen at tackle um and yep. that's probably the recruiting pitch is like look you can play all five positions we're going to find somewhere for you um so i, I that's, yeah, that's I what mean, for, for for what's available i'm glad they got him because he's got two years available too like i i don't think this is a guy that's going to bolt for the nfl either so hypothetically it should be like i i don't hate the addition but the fact that this is the guy that they really needed to get is kind of terrifying yeah um well i think we've, we've given our thoughts there um you know it's not terrifying uh it is is guaranteed to protect you and give you that warm embrace you're looking for uh it's some classic home field apparel uh dj you're wearing some home field apparel right now uh it looks <laughs> Cozy on you, looks good, fit, fits well. Tell me a bit about kind of the home field apparel uh, uh, gear you've been wearing lately. Oh, um, the one I've been wearing, uh, the Montana Grizzlies. And I'd be saying to my friends, top, or Grizz morning to you, because that's what we used to say in Missoula. Grizz morning to you. And they say, nice shirt, DJ. <laughs> and I say, thank you. And then I go about my way and I see the next person. And I say, Grizz morning to you. And the whole process repeats itself. So it's <laughs> it's a good shirt. It's a good conversation starter for sure. That's great. And and now you bought that. That was the first shirt you bought Mofi Apparel. And DJ, you used the code meet at midfield, correct? Yes. Yes. And it's only a one-time thing because I tried to double dip and they caught me. So <laughs> yeah. that was not a Grizz morning. That was not a Grizz morning. That was not a Grizz. That. that was not a Grizz morning at all. <laughs> uh and you got 50% off that t-shirt. Um, and it's great, man. We're all wearing home field apparel shirts every time we podcast. Uh, if you if you can picture us podcasting, it's just three guys on Zoom, naked from the waist down, wearing a home yeah. apparel shirt, nothing else. Um, and and that's pretty much what the podcast is about, really. It's kind of just three guys naked from the waist down, wearing home field, talking about football. <laughs> my my buddy my buddy always said the ugliest sight in human history is a man just wearing a shirt and socks. <laughs> dude oh my god the idea the fact there are people out there i have a friend who does this who wears socks to bed it just disgusts Oof. me Oof. i've yeah, done I, I, i've done both well, I, I, i'm a barefoot guy now but i mean i used to like we're like I, like I like to keep my toesies warm ain't no shame in that bro i sleep like i have a king size like i sleep it, it's like I just sleep crazy. So I, I don't know. It was nice to have sometimes. I like to keep them warm. So I don't know. But now I'm just straight barefoot. I'm all natural now. I, uh, man, I, I think I barely wear socks. Like I, I put socks on if I'm like wearing shoes going somewhere. 
But if I'm in my house, you know, working from home as I'm wanting to do all day, as we all do, I don't think I put most days of the week, I don't put socks on. Oh, see, like, I'm wearing socks. I love socks. I, I, I wear I wear socks because it's cold as shit. I'm in Ohio. Oh, that's a good point. I'm in Argentina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking Indeed. of, I, we talked we talked about the podcast started about about the Doritos I was eating. I just ate Doritos for the first time in a few years. Uh, you know what else I saw at the, at the store? They have ham flavored chips. Ooh. Uh, they're actually like little crackers, kind of. It's just the flavor. I'll show you guys the the image. I'll send it in the chat here. Uh, I tweeted this out as well. If you guys are the listeners are looking to see this. Uh, if you're looking for a visual aid, it's just a bag of chips, a blue bag of chips with folds of ham on the cover. There's no, like, that's the image they're projecting. It's, <laughs> I'm sending it in the Slack right now. Uh, it's, uh, it's a very bizarre image, very bizarre advertisement. I don't really get the appeal, but um, what do you, what's your, what do you guys, what do you kind of chips you guys eat? What, what are your favorite chip, favorite chip flavors? I chip am, flavors? This, this, is, this yeah. is easily, it's a love it or hate it sort of thing. I'm a salt and vinegar guy. I love salt and vinegar chips. And I feel like people I either eat. love salt and vinegar chips or hate them. I've converted from one to the other. I used to be a hater and now I love them. Okay. Yeah. It's 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 a very, very passionate chip, you know. I've I've never really found somebody that's like, ah, those are fine, you know. Like Yeah, you know, I'm not uh Are you not a chip guy, DJ? Not really. I mean, I'm a skank though, so I like 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 Fritos. Like I just like a pure like a just a freak Frito yeah. freak. Like I'll eat a free bag of Fritos, like, no problem. I like Fritos whip. Yeah, and Cheetos. I like I I've eaten some Cheetos in my day. Uh, but I hate I hate the like the flaming hot. Like you get the pervert dust all over you, and then you look. You know what I mean? That's no good. Yeah. Uh, I like Grippos. You guys fans of Grippos out there? Oh yeah, they have the grip. Oh, I, know I, about. I don't eat them, but I know people that do. Yeah, you could. I think it's is that a Pennsylvania thing, and that, like they have some in Ohio or something, or no, it's from Cincinnati. Okay, and then like, just start Takis. Takis are another big one. Takis are cool. Yeah, uh, I like the uh, Grippos. They have those that voodoo chip flavor. It's pretty good, if I recall correctly. Um, or they have that cheddar. The cheddar and horseradish one is the one I actually eat all the time. I love a horseradish chip, dude. You can put horseradish in anything. I'm gonna eat it. I mm. love that spice. Um, anyway, so CJ Stroud, uh, is the for the NFL. <laughs> um, this, I, I want to talk about the, look, this all is going to happen. We don't have to actually talk about CJ leaving. It's expected. I want to talk about the announcement around this and more specifically Deshaun's role in this whole situation. That motherfucker. Um, <laughs> he's gotta go. He's gotta go, bro. He's got like, he's not the worst problem, but he's gotta go. I, I appreciate that there is, as far as I can tell, there is no one on social media who likes him. Like there is no, not any, no, there is not no. even like our pervert fan base, the kind of people who like Zach Smith and shit like that. None of them are like, oh, thank you for paying the players. They're all like, shut the fuck up and get <laughs> off social media. Just do your job and be a pay pig and don't look at us. Like that's that's your job basically. And this motherfucker won't shut up. Uh, yeah, th- th- Kevin, he, got my, he got my poor yeah. mom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Someone else want to give the context? I've been talking. I'll, I'll, I'll give the context here. So, so for those of you who are not as chronically online as us, um, and God bless you if you fit this, uh, and and you're listening to this podcast, that has to be like that Venn diagram is so small. But anyway, for those of you who do not know about uh, the shots antics here, um, there have been there are rumors floating around for the past like week or two that C.J. Stroud. Um, 
was was considering coming back to Ohio State. And from what I understand, those rumors were true to a point um, that he he probably would have, if he got an ass load of money in an NIL deal, would have come back to Ohio State for another year. Um, it, it, I mean, the other option is to go play for the Texans. So listen, I get it. Um, but so so there was like legitimacy to that. There was a reason why he waited until the last minute to announce that he was you know going to the NFL. Um, it wasn't just for fun. It wasn't just to troll everybody. I think there were legitimate feelings that maybe he could return. And so like the longer this dragged on, the more that people were like, oh shit, maybe he actually is, you know, doing this. And so it, it, the decision went all the way until Monday, the last possible day. And you wake up Monday morning, I think it's like at 8 15, and the shot tweets, big news today, dot, dot, dot. And so naturally, every person who sees that is like, oh shit, this is the guy who pays the players. This, this is him. This is the guy. Like, this is the brother of a billionaire. This is the guy who runs the collective. If he's tweeting big news today on the day that CJ Stroud has to make his announcement, oh shit, maybe he's coming back. And so you had a solid like four hour span where everybody's like, like quote tweeting this, like, oh my God, like eyes emojis, that sort of shit. And then this motherfucker, right after CJ announces that he's going to the NFL, tweets a video reply of the dumbest gender reveal I have ever seen where Cardale Jones hands him this plastic football and he looks like a child, grabs this like undersized football, trots to his wife and spikes it on the ground. And it, I, DJ had a perfect caption to it. Like, if you didn't know anything about the situation, you would think that like it was this kid's mom, like, hyping him up after like catching a nerf ball in the front yard like that's what the scene looked like and he's and the, the worst part is he's playing like woe is me to all the people who were blasting him he's like i don't know why you guys would think that i was tweeting about cj stroud and he knew exactly what he was doing because the motherfucker posted the video on his instagram hours before um he even sent the initial big news tweet on on uh he's on such a fucking turd they, they dude. had he's the gender just... reveal on sunday they had the gender reveal on sunday and he waited until monday so this was cooking in his brain was like i'm gonna troll the hell out of the fan base and so here's the other thing it's just yeah. such a master class <laughs> I, I i wrote i wrote about it in the kegger too so like michigan is touting this you know a one more year fund and by all accounts it's been a pretty big success all the guys who like are like trying or like, you know, might be on the fence or considering leaving. It's given them a little incentive to come back and stay. And so while they're like putting out press releases or like having their like their media guys like hype up the one more year fund and how many players have come back for their senior year or whatever to chase their dream or whatever, you've got the leader of Ohio State's most prominent NIL collective actively trolling Ohio State fans <laughs> for having the audacity to believe that one of their players who has been rumored to want to come back to Ohio state might be coming back to Ohio state. So it, it makes all the sense in the world that everybody hates this guy, all the sense in the world. Listen, uh, I'm not saying the shot works for the CIA, 
But if he did work for the CIA and his goal were the destruction of Ohio State football, what exactly would look different about the recent bender that he's been on? Because yeah, I've, I've come to the decision that Ohio State just likes the decentralized nature. Like it just it thinks they're above the NIL or like wants to like control it and is just content to let this carnival barker be in like the face of things to the detriment of like our athletics program, I would think ultimately, but the fact they've let this charade go on for as long as it has, I mean, I assume the shot and scene checks are still cashing around OSU athletics, but I mean, my God, dude, this is just when you're trolling, like you're trolling the hog fans. <laughs> yeah, man. And that, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like, I was, I was talking about, I met the hog fans, brother. You, I was I was talking to my brother on about this too. Like I low key am more frustrated by the foundation than I am about the actual structural coaching or player issues that Ohio State has because like this is the sort of thing that all of the other programs are sincerely running laps around Ohio State doing. Like no other you know top five team has a collective as shitty as Ohio State's. Everyone is running around bending the rules and doing whatever they can to get the best players at Ohio State. And these motherfuckers are holding Twitter circle chats where they're like, what do you want us to do? Break the rules? Like, yes. And also, yes, or get somebody in there who will. My God, we live in the golden age of fraud, brother. (laughs) I'll say this. I don't even think... I agree with everything you're saying. I don't even think it's just the problem of like, not having the money right though it's just how annoying they are like even oh, if the money sure. is as, as good as it should be they should still shut the fuck up they gotta shut the fuck up like that the like i don't get the money's whatever the money's the money like just stop talking stop talking don't ever be in public again yeah it, but, but again like i think that's the sort of thing where like if they were if they ponied up 20 million dollars or something like that to keep cj stroud for another year Talk that shit. That's fine. You know, like you can be as annoying as you want on Twitter if you convince a top five pick to come back and find the cash to get him to do that. Like, whatever. Like, if you if you're getting results, like I don't really care if you talk whatever shit you want. Like, that's fine. It's the fact that they are like the worst collective of like any of the big dogs, like any big dog in recruiting, any of like the top 10 teams in the recruiting ranking, like they have, they have a worse collective than Washington. When you had Lincoln Keenhole saying that he had more money, he was offered more money from Washington than Ohio state. And like, these guys are running around like they're Kings of the world. Like, come on, like, this is the most insane thing. It, it's just like, it is straight up embarrassing. You know, like if the, the the foundation is the most embarrassing part of Ohio State football right now, and I don't think there's a close second. Like, sincerely. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I guess just Zach Smith's presence is pretty much oh, God. Zach Smith's still being around the program. I, mean, I was thinking about this. Zach Smith is pretty much the only person that I would, wouldn't want run it, that I would choose the shot over. Like that's the only like that's the only he, scenario. He, say he wants to start better. He wants to start a collective. I think that he is. Right. Yeah, I, I do believe that. Speaking of, there's some news about him we should get into this week. I, I know I texted you guys about this. 
Uh, have you have you guys been following the Austin Ward Zach Smith beef that's been ongoing this week? Uh, yeah, after this you is told really, me a this, little bit about finally it. Finally, we can get into some real, <laughs> <laughs> no, let's some, get into real the mud, baby. some real Buckeye talk. This, this, this is yeah. Brian. This is your turn to explain to the. To this the, is great. The innocence, the innocence that you know we're not around for this. Please, please let us know. So, so look, so we 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 can go on the record about this. We all like Austin Ward, right? Like I think Austin, me oh, and him certainly disagree. We disagree about our outlook on, on Ohio State football. I think it's very fair to say we have very me and him have very different perspectives on the team. But I think he's a good person who's always been very kind to me. For sure. I've liked working with him before. I have nothing but nice things to say about Austin as a person. Nothing but yeah. nice things. 100 percent He was he was at a bar on Friday night, a bar called Yogi's, I believe in Dublin. I'm not sure which location. There's a few locations around Columbus. Um, knowing where I think Zach Smith probably has like some kind of uh uh, some kind of ankle oh, yeah. we can't get out of top one. But uh anyway, they were at they were at a bar called Yogi's uh on Friday night and he he walks God. in and has a beer with uh, Ohio State SID Jerry Emick. Uh or Emig, Emig, who knows? It's um, Emig, I think. Obviously, these are two guys that have worked close together for a fucking decade. It is very normal, I, I think, even if you have some kind of professional relationship with the SID. To have a beer with a guy you work around every day for a decade. I think that's very okay. I have no complaints about that. Um, there's no blurring of lines. Jerry's job is to fucking arrange interviews. It's not like he's they're not we're not doing politics here. Like yeah. Jerry's job is to like, you know, wrangle some he's not the press secretary of the White House. Yeah, actually. I mean, right. as long as, yeah, as long as you're not as long as you're not like, you know, saying you're some big J journalist, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they're they're they are they are Team website. It's PR. It's PR. It's a it's PR. Yeah, of course. It's right. <laughs> like, there's no one, like, the guys at the dispatch and occasionally, like, Dan Hope are doing some journalism, right? Like, there's, like, some news being broken or, like, from, like, you know, reporting sources and finding documents. Like, Austin's friends with the guys around the program and gets sources, gets scoops from it. That's cool. That's 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 great. That's a great career. He's made a great living out of it. No shade, no shade to Austin, but like being friends with Jerry is what he does. That's like his that's his thing. Right. And anyway, <laughs> so they show up at a bar on Friday night, and I guess shortly thereafter, well, I believe what happened is someone first in Zach Smith's Discord group chat was also at this bar <laughs> and posted that Austin was there. Well, pretending to be Austin, this guy changed his profile picture and name to Austin and pretended to be Austin. Said, oh, I'm having a great time drinking at Yogi's with Jerry Emig right now. And so I guess Zach Smith, Kirk Barton, and one of Zach Smith's lackeys ever heard of, his name's Chris Drew, um, roll up yeah. to the bar as well. First of all, first of all, let me just say this. Nightmare blunt rotation. <laughs> also, nightmare blunt rotation. You, you, yeah. Imagine uh, you, know, you know it smelled crazy in there on the way over. <laughs> also, I, just, I, love, I love that they had so little going on that just in a moment's notice, they could go Axe body spray and divorce. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you, you, Kevin, you're 100% right. Just nothing going on in their lives. Like, they were just, it was between this or, like, playing Madden online with some 45-year-old guys who subscribe to their website who are also divorced. Like, those are the two <laughs> options they were working through. Um, yeah, look, so they were all to the bar. And I guess, of course, they're snickering and being, you know, assholes. They're kind of looking at, you know, Austin and Jerry the whole time and yada, yada. And at some point, they send the lackey, Chris Drew, over to Austin and Jerry's table. And... There's different accounts of events here. Austin says the guy had his phone extended. He's like, hey, can I take a picture with you guys? Get ready for a selfie. And Austin says, no, thanks. And basically doesn't, you know, obviously they're just trying to embarrass him, trying to embarrass him and Jerry and make it look like Austin's a, a state media guy, which 
He is. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, no shit. But obviously they're doing it to be like nefarious, right? And uh then uh, Chris apparently counters this the next day whatever, by saying, well, actually, it was very rude of Austin to say no and just to dismiss me because I also had my hand extended for a handshake and he should have shaken my hand. Oh, and see, that's, that's shit. And then that's the thing. So Zach Smith goes online. And he also, by the way, Zach Smith during this is live tweeting Austin's location. He tweets out publicly that Austin is at this bar, obviously trying to encourage his supporters to harass it, basically. Um, so... It, it, whatever they send this guy over to fuck with them, you know Austin declines. Then whatever, nothing happened. Basically, the next day or the next the next podcast Zach does, he calls publicly for an apology from Austin for being so rude and dismissive to Chris. Uh, Chris Drew again, the lackey, this this, this lackey. Uh, for God knows what reason, Austin, if you're listening to this for some reason, why did you apologize? These guys, Austin actually did apologize and said sorry if he had hurt Chris's uh. feelings or whatever. And like, like, sorry if you've been disrespectful to him. You never apologize to these freaks. First no, of all, no. you almost never apologize in general. Apologizing. <laughs> no, if you're apologizing, you're losing. But especially the bad somebody with bad faith. <laughs> of you know course, I mean? if, if it's not someone who you know and love, like as a person you are very tight, tight with, yeah. they are almost certainly asking for your apology of bad faith. Yeah, suck my dick, Zach Smith. That's you know what I mean. That's what I would have said. Yeah. Like as the same way. Like if you go and try to embarrass somebody and they don't go for it, you know what I mean? That's fine. Like, turn around and, like, cry. Like, oh, I had my hand. You were trying to get one up on them. You know what I mean? Which is fine. I've tried to get one up on people, and sometimes I do. But I I never turned around and, like, cried about it. Like, here's, Here's the thing for me, too, is, like, Austin is a genuinely very nice guy. Jerry very nice. is, yeah. a, is a you know pretty nice. Right. He's a pretty a nice enough guy. Yeah. I mean, like I, I haven't interacted with Jerry. <laughs> that's, that's not shade to Jerry. That's not shade to Jerry. I just I haven't yeah, yeah, interacted yeah. with Jerry is anywhere near as much as I I have uh, Austin. But like Austin is a very nice guy. Like he has gone out of his way to like talk to me and be nice to me when like he had Likewise. no reason to. When like he was working for ESPN and I was an unpaid intern at Eleven More, you know, like things like that. Like he's a very nice guy. He is not the type of guy that like big times people. So I don't believe for a second that that's what happened or like that's what like that's what they're trying to like play. They're they're trying to play up as like Austin basically big big time this kid, right? Like he, did, like he he wanted to take a picture of a star me. or something. He like didn't that. respect me. And Brother, also, you're even... a lackey for Zach Smith. <laughs> right? Like no way to get respect in this life. And even if he did big time him, first of all, even if that was actually what he was doing, he's well within his rights to big time a guy who's there to intentionally mock exactly. him. Obviously, yep. that's the whole purpose of the interaction. Like exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing is ridiculous. Austin should never have apologized. I'm disappointed that he apologized to him. Zach Smith's a fucking loser. Uh, I have said this. I think I posted this on the on the Horseshoe Lounge, whatever their boards are. I post, I put a post on there. If you actually, if you get your hate Zach Smith like we do, you should go look at the tweet Zach Smith posted and fucking report it and see if you can get his ass banned. Because he's not going to get any heat from just like being yelled at by this. But if you can get the guy banned from Twitter, that'll hurt his pockets. Like, that's what we should be trying to do is report that tweet enough that he's actually breaking the rules and harassing someone by doxing their live location. Trying to get his ass fucking banned from Twitter and hurt his pockets. That's a, that's a, it's against the Twitter. I'm not trying to be, it's against the rules, but like, I mean, if you, I'm not doing it cause I think the well, rules are, are serious, but it's because I want Zach Smith to suffer and, and eat shit. So if you want to make Zach Smith suffer, he shit, so you can hurt his pockets by a little bit. Go report that tweet. 
Just don't do it to me when I'm reporting on a certain state senator. Who yeah, don't do it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, look, trust me. I will always use the rules to my advantage and, and <laughs> when yeah. possible and not have them abuse against me. Of course, I'm a hypocrite about this. I just want Zach Smith to suffer. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I love, I love, I love. That should just be a tagline for life in general. Of course, I'm a hypocrite about this. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> I just, Dude, I just, how cursed is this yogis? <laughs> why do ohioans love getting drunk in like strip malls that they have to like drive to you're getting i've been trying to explain like i was talking with uh with some so i was telling you guys a story about uh i was hanging out at a friend's house a little north of the city this past weekend and uh we were drinking some beers as well just hanging out having some beers up there and I taught them about how to shotgun a beer. That was part of the education because people don't really Very shotgun cool. beers outside of like the U.S., Canada, and Australia. And they'd heard about it. They'd seen videos of it, but they had never done it. So I was like, yeah, let's shotgun some beers. And <laughs> felt like a 22-year-old again. That was fun. But but anyway, um, the drinking culture of the United States, I was, they were like, well, why do you guys do that? And I'm like, oh, so to get drunk faster. And they're like, but why do you need to get drunk faster? And I was like... <laughs> Well, that's what we're doing. Like, we're not drinking to do. We're we're drinking to get drunk. That's like that's the drinking culture. That's just what you do in Ohio. Like, you wake up. <laughs> I, I mean, mean I, for, love, for a I love that you just have to explain that to somebody. Like, but why? Yeah, I mean, it does. It's a completely valid question. Like, I, I was kind of thinking about. It. I was like, what are we getting drunker for faster? Like, there's no reason to be that drunk that fast. Yeah. But like, uh, <laughs> dude, when I when I went down to Cuba, they were like, Don, we've never seen anything like this before. Like, they were like, we just. <laughs> <laughs> like they I had to like that. make like a special or they had to like talk to like the head honcho to like go get like more vodka dude, that's... <laughs> and it's so, i was like yeah dude i was like that's how we do in ohio and like, <laughs> they're like god like what everybody like this and i was like most people yeah yeah most people, <laughs> most people. <laughs> if you said dj back in your back in your day back in your cuba days uh, if you said, my like, alcoholic powers if you said like the three of us and bill landis and like, <laughs> i think we could take down the alcohol supply of like curacao in an afternoon oh yeah <laughs> yeah they're like i've never dude i wiped out like an entire like i was drinking and then they closed the restaurant and then i wiped them all out and then the next morning i was like still drinking and they were all like late into work like puking in the street and they were like what in the fuck and I was like, yeah, just keep keep the Tito's rolling. <laughs> I mean, like, and obviously, obviously, we 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 both had some problem drinking in our days. All three of us had had some problem drinking in our days. I think it's safe to say. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't describe our drinking habits as healthy. Uh, yeah, dude, I smoked <laughs> I smoked fifteen hundred dollars in like three days, and I had to call my buddy, and I was like, listen, man. I've got like I'm in a bit of a bind here and I'm gonna need you I need you to wire about you know seven you know seventeen fifty to a Cuban bank account that you don't know and you just gotta trust me on this one that I'm gonna make it back and pay you. <laughs> and that's exactly yeah, what well, fucking happened. Fucking ran through that. Ran through that. And I had like fourteen dollars when I woke up the next day. Thankfully I'd already paid for the cab because the host knew I was fucking spending money like a dickhead. Fucking get out of my friend was like, well, what, how'd you spend fifteen hundred and three? I drinking, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what do you think? <laughs> first time dude, I, told me that, first time he told me that story, I was like, you're lucky, dude. Just uh, dude, just wired you seventeen fifty or whatever. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be honest, dude. I love you. I don't think I'd wire you seventeen fifty, man. I don't I've got friends like I've got, yeah, I've got friends that are like cool that you know that they'll help me out and like he knew he would get it back but i mean that at the time i said so i was like i don't know what's gonna happen like i've got three fucking days here and like that's the thing about cuba like and they say don't run out of money or you're gonna be in a bind and i mean i got out of the bind but for a little for a couple hours <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah that's that. alcohol you know what i mean that's alcohol for you, and that's why i don't miss it True, true. It, it like I really do think sometimes about like what my life would look like. I, there's two financial decisions in my life I've made that, that make me ask a lot of questions. What my life looked like. One is I was offered a full ride scholarship to Ohio U, and I turned it down to go to Ohio State instead and pay some tuition. And every time I pay my monthly loan payment, I'm thinking about what about that choice and what would have changed for me. And the second one is what if I never started drinking? Uh, <laughs> like what if I didn't like you know have beers on the weekends? What if I didn't do other associate activities that happen after you have a few beers it's going to be 15 uh, grand in a year i'm going to save yeah just from like not drinking and that's not and um, that's just on alcohol that's not even just on like the dumbass per you know what's this 200 atm withdrawal at 2 a.m about gee i fucking wonder mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's about all like the, the dumbass purchases you make on alcohol too and it's, i'm in mm-hmm. another tax bracket now thankfully the the, fir- the first yeah. time I ever met DJ, he he um, he, we were doing like shots of Jaeger or something like that at this bar in downtown. It was an Eleven Warriors function, and then at like maybe ten thirty, he dips out, and I was like, all right, whatever. And then I get a message the next day, and he was like, Kevin, very important question: When did I leave the bar? And I said, I don't know, like between ten thirty or eleven. And it just, I just get the message back, fuck. <laughs> and then it's yeah. like silent for a little bit. And he goes, my Uber receipt says 1.30 a.m. <laughs> he's like, I don't remember anything after leaving the bar. So there's just like a three-hour time slot that he was just wandering around the city of Columbus. And he has no yeah. idea what happened. <laughs> Man, yeah, that was the first day I met him. Yeah, I can't yeah, say I there, can't there say some morning signs. just once. That, that's more than more than once. Yeah, yeah, there were some warning signs for me in retrospect. But better late than better late than never. <laughs> you, I guess. you did it. You did it. That's the truth. You did it, man. Yeah, it's a crazy life. Uh so Tom Eckenberg's coming back to the Buckeyes. <laughs> <laughs> we got I was surprised. I mean it, if you would have told me, you know, yeah, hopefully he'll have some thumbs this time. Yeah. And another uh, I, I gotta bring up I gotta bring up another TikTok concern here. Um, people okay. really do not like that Tommy Eichenberg is coming back because it means that CJ Hicks might not play as much. Yeah, I've seen this. Look, it wasn't going to be Tommy Eichenberg. The guy you should be mad at is not Tommy Eichenberg. The guy who chose to come back, you should be mad at him. You want CJ Hicks to play as Steel Chambers. Yeah. Because Tommy is like a, a butkus level player. Tommy's like one of the, he's probably the best exactly. linebacker in America next year. Steel yeah. Chambers is like, pretty good like yeah. you know he's a pretty good player like if you want cj to start like that's the guy you get out the way and you know i i'll bet you this not to wish cast this whatever i would bet a fair amount of money that cody simon's going to transfer at the end of the spring yep if cj hicks is who we think he is yep. he's going to leapfrog cody yeah. simon real fast and, and he'll be the third linebacker out on the field and maybe take steel stood up for the second but and he exactly. might not even be it you know there's it's, been plenty yeah, of guys that's, that's the other thing exactly. so, so that's that's that, that was my initial reaction is like that is just assuming that CJ Hicks is is awesome is 
he's projected to be out of high school. And like, to be fair, like, I, I hope that he is. I th- There's no reason to believe that he wouldn't be right now. But how many five stars have you gotten? Have, got, have come to Ohio State and you've just assumed they're going to be awesome and then they're not. So like, why yeah. are you wishing a guy who might be the best linebacker in the country next year um, to not come back so that you can play this five-star freshman that you've never seen play before? Like CJ Hicks didn't, from by all accounts, I don't, I don't even think he played a competitive snap outside of special teams at Ohio State. So like, why, why is that the guy that you're banking your entire hopes of your defense on? Like, I, I don't know. That just doesn't make sense to me. But like, like you were saying, I think the reason why they didn't do three linebackers more this season is because uh, Cody Simon sucks. I think that is mo- yeah. most of the reason. I, I think that there's reason to believe that um, Ohio State could do more three linebacker sets or have different packages and stuff like that or rotate linebackers a lot more and, if they had and a also, third linebacker. And also conversely, like basically every safety in the roster besides McAllister uh, was more comfortable in the box than they were uh, playing deep. So like yeah. they had plenty of guys who were on the field as safeties who could provide coverage better than linebackers could and were also cool playing in the box. So I do wonder what that looks like next season and how they kind of figure out what's going to happen. Um, I don't know. I, I'm very curious to the linebacker. Linebacker rotation, obviously we know who's going to start to start the year. There's no question about that. But what's happening behind the starting two and, and how often the other guys are getting in the field is fascinating to me. I'm very curious to see it because – not only is uh is is CJ obviously gonna rise up, Cody's still there, and uh Pallian Otete transferred out. Uh so he's gone. Uh Josh Proctor is gone at safety. So like there's a lot of guys who are in that linebacker room. Court Williams is back, like Court Williams could be playing some at linebacker, I guess, theoretically. Yeah. Uh Sonny Styles is obviously a huge safety. We don't know what he could look like. A lot of like those safety linebacker hybrid types are gonna be on the field next season, and I don't know how they're gonna look, and I'm very curious to see it. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Tali like, coming back is massive. We should say that. Yeah, that's that's like the that's like the modern era of college football, though. It's like just getting as many of those hybrid linebacker body type players as you can, and just putting them on defense. Like that seems to be what the kind of NFL approach to defense is, and what the the college approach is now. Like that's what well, that's why Ohio State plays with three safeties. To be clear, is because the the safeties ideally are versatile versatile enough to play the run fast enough to play in coverage and can play those tight ends and stuff like that. Like it's, it's, it's a modern defense. And so you really can't have enough of those hybrid guys like Sonny Styles or, um, you know, Court Williams or, um, you know, the, even a CJ Hicks, like CJ Hicks is fast enough that hypothetically, if you wanted him to, he could probably play a safety position too. So um, I, I think that the idea of this defense is to just stack fast, long athletic guys like that. And, by all accounts right now, it seems to be working. Like that's not the concern of the team right now. It's uh, kind of cornerback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think that pretty much makes sense. And speaking of, there's just a couple on a couple old miss corners just at the portal to like, as we were recording this, um, including some six, two kid who started as a true freshman last season. Uh, I just want to go on record. I want him. I want him. Let me, let me just say that real fast. I'd like to get him. Um, yeah. I don't but, care. I don't uh, care if Ole Miss's defense sucked. That's fine. He started. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, it all sucked. Jordan Hancock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, other decision, I guess, before we get out of here, really quick. Uh, Tyler Friday is gone. Josh Proctor, like we mentioned, is gone. Teron Vincent's gone to the NFL. Um, Xavier Johnson's back. That's sick. Yeah. Uh, huge that. news. Kate Stover, we talked about he's back. All the running backs are back. Um, Cam Martinez and Court Williams have not transferred yet. Probably not going to. Um, so I guess they're going to stick around for spring ball and see what happens. 
Uh, the t- they added transfer Jebbia, uh, uh, sorry, Tr- Tristan Jebbia as a transfer, uh, as a quarterback from Oregon State. Sweet. He is a seventh-year quarterback um, who apparently wants to get into coaching next season per uh, per Jeremy Birmingham of of uh, rivals. Um, he is uh, he just basically coming to be the Chris Chugadov guy for this season. Uh, cool. He's the guy who's going to help you know lead the young quarterbacks, be a body in the room. Yeah, he's around. Um, Hilarious story this- about Chris Chris Chugganov really quick. Um, my friend oh, yeah. was his barber when he moved or when he came to Ohio State, and he was stoked to come in and be Ohio State's fourth string quarterback. Dude wanted absolutely no part of being Justin Fields' backup. No part of it. He didn't he did not want there to even be a remote shot that he was going to be the starter if Justin Fields got hurt. And from what I understand, he absolutely begged the Kentucky kid. Who was the Kentucky kid? Uh Gunner um, Hoke. Yeah, he he begged Gunner Hoke to come transfer to Ohio state so that that's he really wouldn't have to play in, in case he just he, like, that's fair. That's fair. You came to be the fourth string quarterback. You did not sign up to be the backup quarterback of a national championship team. So anyway, and I, I gotta say, I appreciate knowing your limitations and knowing that you, uh, you don't have the juice. Like you, you gotta, you know, that, that, that kind of self-awareness is rare in a kid that age. Good for him. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fine. And I respect that, you know, just, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Besides that, I guess the last thing we have on the agenda for today, basketball team fucking sucks. So you guys Bro, watching these guys? Yeah, it, it's so bad. <laughs> they're Thank, terrible. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they're trash. Uh, just so, fold the program. I think. I think my, my my thing is <laughs> I I have been Loki. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I've been a Holtman defender necessarily, but mm-hmm. I think that he has been recruiting super well. He's been stacking top ten classes at this point. And so for me, you have had an, a valid excuse every other year of like, a, well, the team's going to be more talented. Wait until this talent comes in, whatever. At this point, if you're looking at how this team sits, it is a team that is has one of the most talented groups of freshmen in the country with arguably, I mean, a, a guy who might be the freshman of the year in the Big Ten, Bryce Sensabaugh. Um, you've got a starting freshman point guard in Bruce Thornton, who's awesome. Felix Arkpara is, you know, Roddy, Roddy Gay, like Roddy Gay, Roddy Goyle. <laughs> I wish they had Roddy Gay. Um, uh, Roddy Goyle is a, you know, a, a, a good off-ball guard. It's, it's a very good freshman class. And it is led by a sixth-year senior. And you've got a veteran presence in the post in Zed Key. And you've got, like, some, by all accounts, pretty good transfers in McNeil and, like, like, I don't even know how to say that kid's name. The um, Lecky Lecky. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. Uh, Lecky Lee. Lecky Lee, I think is what it is. Yeah, that's it. Anyway. Um, so you've, you've got good transfers. If this isn't the team that you're going to win with, what is? You know, like, this is a very talented team. This is a team that I sincerely believe, like, top to bottom, any good coach would win the Big Ten win or compete, 100%. Com- compete with national titles. And they, like, so to me, this is the first year that it is very clear that Chris Holtman is in over his head and does not have what it takes because this is the roster that every coach would have been waiting for. This is like, yeah. you, you got a, you got a top five class of, or I guess this one's a top 10, a top 10 class of freshmen. And so Chris Holtman's not going to get fired this year, but next year there is nothing to convince me that any level of talent you give him. Well, I'll say this. Uh, I don't know. His whole thing, the whole reason they've been keeping him around is Ohio State makes a tournament every year. That's been the, that's yeah. been the refrain of everybody else. If he misses the tournament, he very well, I think there's a chance he gets fired because look, the standard is Ohio State is like, 
you got four or five years to pretty much win, find a way to win the conference, either regular season or tournament, or make a Sweet 16. Like, that's what we expect. Every four or five years, that's pretty much the deal. Uh, if you're not doing that, you got to get the fuck out of here, man. Like, that is that is your whole thing. Uh, like, uh, that's it, period. That's, that's, your, that's your whole job. That is your job to do that. And he's clearly not doing it. And, and I think if you start missing the tournament, too, you don't make the tournament every year, you start doing that, you can get cut real fast. Um, but look, man, like this is what he does every year. Like every year they talk about how the team's going to be rough to start because they're too young or whatever. They have some issue with youth. Then they always like get some big signature win before New Year's even some December bullshit non-conference game. They end up getting ranked for a couple weeks. Then they fucking collapse in like January, February and, and look like shit. They recover just in time to like have a decent seat in March and they fucking lose again in the first weekend. That's who they are. They do it all the time. They're on an 0-4 run right now. These guys fucking blow. Like how many NBA guys does he need, dude? Yeah. Bryce Sensabaugh, Keita Bates Diop, uh, EJ Liddell, Dwayne Washington, uh, Malachi Branagh. Like he's had like Jay Sean Tate. He's had like five or six legit NBA dudes come through the program in his five or six years, his sixth year now. Bryce Sensabaugh is the next one. Like, yeah. At a certain point in time, you how many guys do you need? Just fucking win a game. Yeah. And it's the same team every year, too. It's always like one or two point guards who can barely handle the ball. Uh, no offensive. Like I think they're like fourth in net rate in offense right now. But late game offense, no plays. Just no plays installed. No plan. Yeah. Uh, they never have enough ball handlers. The bigs always suck. They don't rebound very well. They don't defend for shit. The thing, they, they stall out all the time because they get outcoached. I don't know. Do you watch that Minnesota game? With the uh, the the mic'd up thing, yes. You, what is what is his coaching? He just like is a fucking. He just said like, all right, guys, go play hard out there. Like let's let's go, <laughs> let's hit well, the boards and shoot the threes. I, I, I think I think that's the thing for me is like this year it is clearly a talented team. Like in the past, you have looked at it and been like, oh, this guy can't assemble a roster. And like that's been totally fair. This year, like I sincerely believe this is a very good team. Like you're saying, there's no ball handlers. Like Bruce Thornton's a really good point. Like he is for, for a freshman yeah. and just assuming he's a sixth year guy. He should be better than he is. At, like you he's know, horrible. He, he's really bad. But anyway, if, if that's the guy that you're going to build your program around, he's a sixth year guy. I don't know. Anyway, but like all around, this is a good team. Like this is a team that a good coach should be able to win a lot of games with. Like you have four top 50 freshmen and a sixth year senior and a couple of really like pretty good transfer players. Like, what are you waiting for? This is a team. This isn't a team that you should be able to lose four games to, you know, unranked teams to. Or, I don't know. It's just he is very he's underperforming with a very 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 good team. I think this is a very good team. I don't think the average Ohio State fan watching these games realizes how good and talented this team is, and it's not the results aren't there, and that reflects directly on him. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's very frustrating. You know, I'm very. This would this would Pretty be tired of it. This would be like if Ryan Day took like one of these Ohio State teams of the past like four years and went like eight and four or like seven and five. Like that that's the level of talent that I think this team has. Like it is a very talented team, and he's just shitting the bet with it. Pretty much, it's pretty much it. Well, they have the same guy in both programs, and that's that's so cool, dude. I'm yeah, so happy Ryan about Day's that. winning. Yeah, I guess fair enough. Like uh, Chris Olin's not even winning the games that he should be winning. Ryan Day doesn't lose the games that he should win. Like he just loses the big ones. Like Chris Altman isn't even winning like the easy gimme games. He lost to Minnesota. Come on. Yeah. I do want to say, by the way, uh, this is, I don't want to get you guys in trouble here, but I have, I have a quick point I want to make uh, a good friend of yours. Um, I'm not going to say his name, but it, it rhymes with Ren two, uh, a guy you guys know from your work associations. 
he spent all of last season calling me an idiot. I believe the word he uses an idiot to me uh, for criticizing Chris Holtman. Uh, a lot of folks changing their tune this year, huh? Oh, B1G Ryan was an idiot last year. How's Chris Holtman looking right now, huh? Uh, <laughs> uh, there was some shade thrown my way for my opinions on Chris Holtman. Said the idea that he won't succeed is just such an impossibility. Of course he'll succeed. Look how great he's recruiting. Look how great his players are. Where are the hey. wins at? Where are the wins? I've been hey, I've been a Chris Holtman hater since day one, brother. <laughs> so I, you know, yeah, yeah. I, no, I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you. But, uh... <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I think I don't know. I I think just like Ryan Day, we, we started this whole thing talking about how there's just always something, and that's that defines Chris Holtman's entire tenure of coaching Ohio State. Is there's just always a reason why. He hasn't performed, and I'm I'm fascinated to know. I'm sure he's going to blame youth this year. It's like, oh, it's a very young team. Like, no, I mean, as if coaches don't win titles with starting three to four freshmen a year. I don't know. It's just every year there's an excuse. When Bryce leaves after this year to become a lottery pick, I'm sure he's going to say like, oh, we just didn't see that coming. Like, uh, God forbid the top 50 player you signed is good. I don't know. All around, it's just the dude is nothing but excuses and no results. At least Ryan Day is like almost beating Georgia, but I don't know. Just fascinatingly terrible. Yeah. And so, yeah. so they're, they're going to lose again tonight. They're playing. They're playing Nebraska. Um, so I, we're we're recording this before that game even starts. But like we we don't need to watch it. I I know it's going to be a terrible performance. They desperately need a win, so they're not going to. Or maybe they well, will, it. and they'll just thank God you sneak into the. Sneak into the, uh, the the tournament or something like that, but no, nah, it's we're, we're we're talking all this shit before they even play tonight, and we know what's going to happen. Yeah, well, it's it rocks, dude. Another another great year under our hero Chris <laughs> Holtman. Uh, can't wait to write it back again next year. Another another full year of Chris Holtman and Ryan Day. I am <laughs> I am just thrilled Rules. to be here. Um, what time do they play tonight? I, I, this I is so. not for. Yeah, sick. That's going to be. See who they got. Yeah, they got seven o'clock Nebraska BTN tickets currently going for two dollars. If you're around the Pinnacle Bank Arena in Lincoln, Nebraska, <laughs> enjoy I that. that. I yeah. That. All right. Well. All right. Well. DJ, you want to sign us out? Yeah. Go Bucks! Michigan sucks, and help is on the way. <laughs>